0: From the studios of One Jacks Productions, this is The Revealing, a ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, with your hosts, Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel, and Praise Leader Chris Wing. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of The Revealing, here where we dig deep into the Word of God and talk about some uh, important doctrinal uh topics. I hope that you guys who have uh, been listening for any length of time are being uh, blessed by what you hear uh, here, and I know that uh, I am blessed by being able to be here to do this, and of course, I'm uh, always uh, joined by uh, my faithful pastor, dear friend and brother in Christ, uh, Pastor Frank Salvaggio. Brother, how you doing?
1: Good, good, good.
0: Good, good. Glad to hear it. Uh, so, uh, you know, we've been talking uh, just by means of a quick introduction. I like to just kind of start off each episode that way so that we can get everybody back on track. I know that uh, the course between uh, podcasts, everybody's got life going on, and uh, when you click back onto this, you might be like, oh, what was it we were talking about last time? So uh, we have been in deep discussion on manuscript evidence and uh, why we here at uh, One Baptist Church in uh Jacksonville, Florida are uh, big proponents of being uh, King James onlyers, if you will. I'm all right to be classified that way. Um, but uh, we have uh, been talking about the manuscript evidence, uh, why we believe the King James Bible is the Word of God, and uh, last episode we started getting into um, means of translations, if you will, on how uh, we talked about uh, things like uh, dynamic equivalence and how once uh you, these translators decide which manuscripts they're going to go ahead and use to translate, Then they have these different methods of, of doing that from uh, language to language, and those things matter. And then we started to dig into uh, comparing the different scriptures and different uh, modern English versions and seeing how they, uh, they differ, uh, because, you know, we, we really got into talking about the importance of, well, either we have the Word of God or we do not, and if it says something different in this book versus this book versus this book, well, we got a problem. Uh, Either God, uh, you know, preserved his word as he said he would, or he's a God who makes mistakes. And clearly we've taken the position here that uh, we believe that God does not make mistakes and that he did both inspire and preserve his word for us. I think it's no small feat that if God can uh, speak everything into existence, he can certainly manage to preserve his word uh, through faithful men of God, uh, holy men of God, as he said he would and did. Um, I know that a lot of people like to say, well, you know, it's, it's got contradictions in it, it's got issues in it and errors in it because it's written by man. Well, God may have used man to pen the words, but it was his Holy Ghost that inspired them. The words they were writing, the words they were speaking, were not theirs. They were God's. And you see that throughout the scriptures, especially in the Old Testament, when you're reading the prophets, and it says, The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, You know it was God's words that were being spoken, uh, not man's words. And so it's no small thing for God to be able to do as he said he would. If he if he is the word of God, he certainly can preserve himself on paper for us and he and has. And we talked about things like, you know, a lot of people will say that they believe that the Bible is the authority, but yet when they read these different versions, these different modern English versions and they say something different, that whole idea just goes out the door. Uh, we either have the authority and it's all or it's nothing. And so we've been talking about some pretty uh, steep, you know, things and some pretty deep things, um, making some very uh, strong statements. But um, hey, at the end of the day, when you pick up a King James Bible, you can uh, rightly divide it as God has outlined in his word by comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. And in these new modern versions, you simply cannot, because at some point you will come across a contradiction. I know, and Pastor, I'm sure you do as well, have met, and I think we talked about this last time, many people who would say that the problems they have in Christianity is that They can't believe the book because it's full of contradictions. And again, if you're reading something other than a King James Bible, you certainly will come across that. And it's a difficult position because now as a King James-only people, we have to defend that. And certainly we ought to be able to do so, and certainly we can. So yeah, we've been really digging into comparing these different scriptures. We talked about several of them last time, just as a means of mentioning them for you. If you weren't listening, you can look them up. Uh, between the King James Bible and some of these modern uh, versions. Uh, and and uh, well, you'll hear us quote the NIV a lot, and um, I, I would say the reason we do that is because it's probably the most popular modern version, maybe even now outselling, if you will, uh, the King James Bible. But uh, So a lot of people have that one in their possession, and they use that one. And again, As we've said before, disclaimer time, we are certainly not attacking anyone who uses any other version, if you will, of the Bible. Uh, We just simply are stating, look, there there are differences in them, and this is why, and we just want to—we're stating our position for sure— but we're we're not condemning anybody for what they they believe and what they use. So again, and we do that all the time here on the revealing is is we we have to make sure that you know because we talk about very serious things, very big, important topics. We're never attacking any one people group or people in general. Uh, when we say the things we say and take the stance that we that we take, especially when concerning the Word of God, uh, we're 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 talking about doctrinal things. Uh, if we're calling something out, it's not the person we're calling out. It's the doctrine. It's the belief. It's the it's the worldview uh, that we're calling out. So we just want you to know that um, you know we do love all people and we love all of those of you who are listening. And and so though we may start to say some things that are really uh, strong statements and positions. Um, you know, first of all, we can back them up, uh, and, and second of all, we're not attacking any anybody for what they what they believe. If you if you like your NIV, by all means, I guess go go ahead and continue to use it. But all we're trying to do is make you make you. Hopefully, you'll you'll start to think about what it is that you've got in front of you. Is this really the word? Not to question whether God can preserve or inspire his word, but is what you have actually his word? And so, again, we've been uh, comparing a lot of those scriptures last time. We talked about uh, Acts chapter 8, verses 36 through 38, where verse 37 is omitted. We talked about First John 5, 7, which completely gets omitted. Um, there's several uh, verses in, I believe it's the end of Mark, Mark, was it? Yeah, in 16, that just completely get omitted, or there's Five a eight. footnote... Uh, we talked about Mark one verses two and three, where he, somehow God manges, manages to make a mistake and misquote the wrong prophet um, in these new modern versions, and then of course we left off, I believe, with First Timothy three sixteen, which changes God was manifest in the flesh to He. So these are big, big differences. They they bring into question who God who God is and who Jesus is, and and these inevitably have to do uh, with your salvation, and so that's why it's so important because a lot of these t- a lot of times you'll see. Uh, even if it's a simple word that's changed, it, it changes the meaning of everything, changes the context, changes everything. And we, we talked about how even if at one point, one little word, something has changed, it no longer becomes the Word of God or no longer remains the Word of God. And so that's why this is so important. So, okay, we talked about a lot of those verses last time, and we're going to look into some more verses again this time. We'll probably predominantly use this episode here as we finish up this topic, just looking into the different uh, differences between uh, a lot of the verses. And so, uh, going into that, we're just going to jump right in, uh, Pastor. Is there anything you'd like to add before we start jumping in? Or no, man. Let's
1: just start looking at the again. What we're going to do today is uh, we're just going to look at the different um, different translations and and, and kind of see, you know, what uh, what they say, what the differences are, and you know, if those differences uh, you believe they matter. Then I guess you'll uh, you'll you'll dig into this deeper. If you don't think mm-hmm. that those differences matter, then uh, I guess uh, you won't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but they we, certainly we, do. We
1: we believe they do. You know, we believe that they did, that, that, that they do make a difference, and um, we believe that um, we should be uh, uh, paying attention to those differences.
0: Mm-hmm. When you start taking out words like God and He and changing them around like that, you, you're really changing an awful lot. In, in a very small way, if you will. And, and again, you know, say that's what Satan does. He did it in the garden it, from the beginning. God's word has been under attack and that's what Satan's goal is to do. He's been attacking the word of God, the seed uh, all the way since Genesis in the garden. So
1: let, let me say this, you were talking about omissions and words and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and I don't want to spend a lot of time here okay. um, because uh, just because, <laughs> but, but we, we want to make sure that we're also clear about something. Uh, listen, uh, and again, we're we're not telling you what translation you listen to that, 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 or uh, read. That's up to you, but 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 just so we're clear, uh, we do believe that there's a major difference between the, the King James Bible and the New King James Bible. Sure. Okay. And and the reason why we're saying that there's a difference is because there is a difference. <laughs> they okay. may be
0: more subtle, but they're, yes. they're they're definitely different.
1: Do note that the New King James Bible uh, does use Vaticanus and Sinaiticus. In uh, their translation, okay, and so here, here, just, just, here's facts, okay, and again, you do with the information as you will. Uh, just the difference between a King James Bible and a New King James Bible. They've they've omitted the word hell twenty two times. They've omitted the word blood twenty three times. They've omitted the word repent forty four times. They've omitted the word heaven fifty times. They've omitted the word uh, God fifty one times they've omitted the word Lord 66 times. The term Jehovah is completely omitted. Hmm. So if you think that that's, if you don't think that that's important and serious, then by all means, do what you got to do.
0: Again, when you do that, you're changing context.
1: I just happen to believe. (laughs) Those are some pretty powerful words right there. Mm -hmm. And if every word of God is pure and you just omitted them that many times and all those
0: you're changing context. Something's different. different. Yeah, something's different. And correct me if I'm wrong, but was the New King James? Didn't that come about around 1984, when that was created? Um, I'm not sure exactly of yeah, the, the date. 80s.
1: But you know, we were also talking last time about um, the uh, the average grade level, mm-hmm. uh, reading uh, level uh, of some yeah, of these versions. The, yeah, right. And actually, I had that information right here now. Okay, so. Uh, the average grade level uh, to understand uh, a, a KJV. This is was done by the Flesh Kincaid Grade Level Indicator. Hmm. It's a research company who analyzes literature. Okay, and what they have uh, what they have uh, come up with is that the average grade level to uh, understanding a uh, NIV uh, is is uh, eight point four. So I I thought it was somewhere around senior level. That's not. I was incorrect. So the average level. Uh, grade to understand an NIV is eight point four, so okay. eighth grade, eighth, grade, yeah, you know, somewhere in there. Okay, the average level to understanding a uh, uh, New King James Bible is six point nine, going down so almost seventh grade. Okay, okay, the average level of an understanding an NASB is six point one, so just a little over sixth grade, and the average level of understanding a KJV is five point eight. Really. So I knew it was around six, And what they, what they concluded, and I, I just gave you some, some of the more bigger ones, but what they concluded is, of all the different translations that I have here, I've got over 90 of them, okay, and I just gave you the... Some popular ones. Some popular ones. Yeah, ones. Sure. Okay. Um, but the, the King James Bible is actually the lowest one at 5.8. Hmm. So when we say things like... It's too hard to it's read. It's too hard to read. Yeah. Hard, the actual evidence proves otherwise. Mm-hmm. Just, just
0: wanted to throw that out there. It's definitely a common, uh, you know, thing that you hear people say the these and thines and thous and it's too difficult to read and just get,
1: just understand those. Five or six archaic words and you're okay. <laughs> like
0: a you quote know, unquote archaic, get, if you will. Yeah,
1: just get those words, man, and and, and everything. And by the way, the way they're the, those words actually are important. Oh, they are
0: very they important. They really
1: are. They they depict something, you know, mm-hmm. understanding the, the, the thou yeah, who the who's ye. being spoke to. Yes, it, it really does make a huge difference that yeah. you really don't I don't know that you can fully um bring into fruition with the modern English language. Yeah. I mean that's what so they mean. I almost say.
0: That's even, they're saying it better. Yeah. Yeah. If I could say it that the way. The King's language really does yeah. have <laughs> I mean, the new King James, if you will, uh, that's what they, part of at least what they sought to, to quote unquote fix was the these and thighs and thou's that they took out. Okay. But you're, you're changing something. You're changing a context of, of who's being spoken to, you know, by doing something like that. Any, any sure. change like that is, is it's not minor. It's, it's very, it's very big. Well, anytime you change one word. And that's it. And that is all it takes. You change one word. God said every jot and tittle, every and, punctuation. You and change it's that. Not
1: even, it's not even changing one word. Mm. It's understanding what the actual word meant. Right. You know, I think we mentioned this probably way back in our first episode. It's like uh, of, of, our, uh, of our modern translation talk here. Mm. Uh, it's just like this, right? What did the word cool mean? <sighs> what did the word wine mean? What did, you know, just those words, what they meant 400 years ago mean something different today. And if I'm a modern Bible translator and I'm trying to update the language, Mm. I'm going to update the language to what it means today. And if I do that, what I have now done is taken out of context what it was originally Mm -hmm. meant to be said.
0: And that's what, as I said before, dynamic equivalence, that's what it seeks to do is to modernize the the language, if you will, to make it easier to understand. And so
1: very, very, very particular to that would be wine. You know, unfortunately today... We have come to the point in our uh, language to think of wine as an, al- uh, uh, an uh, alcoholic beverage. Or,
0: or only an alcoholic an only, beverage. A, right.
1: and, and although today that is true,
0: it, didn't used to be it that, wasn't
1: right. true 400 years ago, 400 years ago, wine could be the freshly- uh, Juice uh, of a grape. Juice of the grape. Absolutely. And, and, and that would not be- uh, uh, alcoholic. It's unfermented, yeah. Okay, right? And, and by the way, you say, well, why does that matter? Who well, cares? Well, it matters. Well, the reason why it matters is because the very first miracle did Jesus did to show forth his glory mm-hmm. in John chapter 2 was mm-hmm. to turn water into wine. Yes, sir. And if you think he turned water into an alcoholic beverage and completely
0: blasted that whole wine party, A <laughs> wedding, yeah. wedding party
1: to sh- show forth his glory, uh, you've completely missed the point. You, you you, you're gone.
0: the character of, and nature of, yes, of God and, into and, question.
1: And, 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 and so now what happens is, is, well, but it's easier to understand. Yeah. Well, okay, it might be easier to understand, but you missed it.
0: Words have meanings. They do have meaning.
1: And... <laughs> Updating the language is not necessarily what we should be doing. It's,
0: um, it's not at all what let we should God, be doing.
1: Let God define his language. Absolutely. And, and That's what we should be doing. Hey,
0: listen, the, one of the amazing things about our language that we have today is we have a lot of the words we had today because they come from the Bible. Sure, <laughs> and then sure. We take the, so we took them from there, and then we ended up changing the meaning of them. Sure. This is what we do, uh, and this is a problem. Um, so, all right. So I
1: think what we want to do here for the remainder of this episode, and this will be probably our last episode in this series, um, is, uh, just continue to talk about some, some, uh, some changes, uh, in, in between translations, just kind of point them out to you. Mm -hmm. Listen, there's no way we could exhaust all of them. Absolutely. There is way too many of them, but we are going to try to hit some, you know, uh, important important ones, ones. you know, if, if there's such a thing. (laughs) Um, and then we're going to close with a big one that I think is just absolutely, Hey, it's pretty big. It's pretty big. Yeah. Uh, And it really kind of points to the very point of what we're trying to make. Mm -hmm. Who, who had their hand? That's the next question. If somebody did, or if some, if these new translations are corrupted, if they are, who would have been the one to do that? Mm-hmm. And and we're going to talk about that to close. But mm-hmm. okay, what, what do you want to start with,
0: Chris? Well, uh, I think a good verse that we could take a look at that is different and different in other versions uh, would be Colossians. Chapter 1 and verse 14. All right. So what
1: I'll do is I'll, I'll be the KJV guy because I'm the pastor oh, okay. and I can be. And you can be you can be the... <laughs> I uh, have to
0: be the, the be the modern translation guy. You can be the modern translation guy. Okay.
1: So go ahead, read in your... Mod- just let us know. Make sure you let us know what translation okay. you're reading in so that everybody knows. And we'll, we'll pick a, maybe a couple different ones so we don't just... Sure. I can know. do that. Okay.
0: All right. So because we're just reading one verse here. Uh, again, that's Colossians one fourteen, and in the New International Version it says, "In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins." In your New Living Translation, "Who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins." In the ESV or English Standard Version, "In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins," and it goes on like that to to uh, so a lot of, of the different versions. Yeah,
1: so one of the big uh, uh, controversies that I've seen in 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 many. Uh, uh, of the popular pastors on radios and things like that today. It's becoming that way, unfortunately. It it, it just has. Uh, One, one of the biggest things uh, that I've been hearing now is we've kind of removed the importance of the blood at the cross. Okay. And so we have to ask ourselves, okay, well, why, you know, so if you're listening right now, um, the question I'm going to ask you is how important do you think it is that Jesus shed his blood Mm -hmm. on the cross? Now, if you are listening and you go, it's very important, then continue to really listen with ears to hear. Okay, because we're about to, I'm about to show you something. We're about to show you something. Now, if you're one of those those that are listening right now that says, well, you know, it was really not the blood that was the importance, it was whatever, the death, whatever. Okay. Let me tell you how you got to where you got. <laughs> the reason why you think that, okay and we we're, we're going to just try to make a po- a point here okay mm-hmm. either the blood matters or it does not
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's one or the other okay mm-hmm. there, there there is no yes or no now, it, either it matters or it doesn't now all those translations again read the NIV again just just, just the NIV what does that say we're in colossians 114 yep
0: in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins sounds in, good it's true in whom
1: we have redemption the
0: forgiveness of sins. And, and that's true. Okay. But now,
1: but now let me read what the KJV says. Mm-hmm. In whom we have redemption through his blood, Oh, the forgiveness of sins. Ah, there's another level to that. So now here's a question. What does redemption and the forgiveness of sin come by? It comes it the, comes by his blood. Col- Colossians one fourteen in the King James Bible makes it very, very clear what it comes by. Mm-hmm. If you believe that the blood is not important, well, then what are you going to do with Colossians 1.14? Now that is on the assumption that you're going to allow God to be the authority on the subject and that we have a final authority. See, so this is why I will always speak against anybody who will say that the blood is not important. Uh, uh, I, I mean, I'm just going to say it. Okay. Uh, I've heard John MacArthur say it. It wasn't the blood that was the most important thing. It was, he died. Well, okay, but here's the problem. You see, John MacArthur's reading from an ESV, <laughs> which took that
0: out as well. I guarantee you it did. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. There That's you go. what the ESV says. Okay.
1: Okay. He's not reading the King James Bible, mm. which I'm reading and see, here's the deal. Okay. So now John MacArthur can make that statement. Okay. Because he believes he's the authority in scripture.
0: And his book doesn't have it in there.
1: Okay. And that's what he'll do. He'll do it time and time again. And if you don't believe what I just said, I promise you, listen to him. He does. He corrects scripture time and time again. Mm. What we're saying here is I'm not going to correct what it says. Mm -hmm. It literally says right here that we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So I'm going to take the, 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 the jab here <laughs> and, and I'm going to throw a dart in the <laughs> darkness, okay, and guess that, it, you know what, uh, it's by his blood yeah. that we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That's not my interpretation. Mm-hmm. That's not my thought. That's not what I think. That is what the final authority, because I have what I believe to be the final authority in my hand,
0: says we have to we have and again we've talked about it words have meaning if we're going to look at that word redemption and we're not going to be able to pair it up with the blood of of Christ then we don't understand fully what redemption actually costs okay redemption means to buy back well to let's buy read, something you have to spend something something has to it has to cost something what oh yeah it? no Jesus died yeah, yes he did die but if it was if it was if his blood didn't matter then he was just a dead guy on a cross that blood matters. And in Acts chapter 20, verse 28 says, mm-hmm. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. By the way, you
1: need a King James Bible to get that verse right. Oh,
0: so they change that one too? Oh, a lot of them do. Not I, all I, of them, but I a lot of them I can look it do. up.
1: A lot of them do.
0: Yeah. Um, Take a look for yes. yourself. Um, but Redemption. So this, purchased blood very important listen, that we if, understand so that.
1: listen now you say okay well, well okay i i see what you're saying there guys i got gotcha. you well listen do you do you realize now what you've just done listen uh, if you take the blood out of the equation and make it not as important as it would appear the bible makes it important but Absolutely. okay if you take it out listen then what did what did what did what did exodus 12 mean then what is the point of Exodus 12?
0: With the Passover?
1: Just 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 don't even worry about it. There's nothing for us to learn from that chapter because there's nothing. Well, no, the very point of that chapter is you need to take a perfect lamb and slay it and take the blood and put it on the doorpost so mm. that when the death angel come, he would pass over you.
0: And then the tabernacle, they sprinkled the blood all over everything. Blood so is a very about, significant. So
1: think about all the different doctrinal uh um, things that God has set into place that you now are not going to completely understand because you don't, you don't understand the importance of the blood anymore,
0: man. It's so important,
1: man. You, you've just, you again, yeah, you made it easier to read, but the problem is in your quest to make it easier to read, you made it way harder to understand. Mm -hmm. do do, do you you hear what i just said well and so that's in your quest to make it easier to read you made it so much more harder to understand because now you're going to try to connect dots in other places that you can't can't. yep and so what you're going to have to do inevitably is start to privately interpret
0: well yeah you're already there now (laughs) and now
1: and now you know why you're saying that to people well, that's just your interpretation because you can't interpret it yourself because you don't have the ability to do it because you can't connect the dots. Well, you know what? I can connect the dots. I don't need to interpret it to myself. I'll just let God interpret it. So therefore, for me, it isn't a private interpretation. Maybe yeah. it is for you and, and it's going to have to be. But for me, it isn't. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. I'll just read what it says and I'm good. I know where redemption comes from. Mm -hmm. It comes from the blood. I know where forgiveness of sins come from. It comes from the blood. That's not my interpretation. Mm -hmm. That is what my authority says.
0: Yeah, Uh, Hebrews 9.22 says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission. Uh, You can't have a a New Testament without the shedding of blood. I mean, the blood is so very key and pivotal to understanding, uh, like I said, not only what redemption means, but what that costs because there's a cost attached to it and and without the actual shedding of that blood, it doesn't have any, the the Testament that Jesus said he was making has no, no power behind it. Just, just the death itself is not the only part that's in there. It's gotta be the the, the cost is that blood in order to make that Testament take effect.
1: So one of the more important um, keys to Bible study (laughs) And and uh, you know I attribute Pastor Mark Trotter uh, to uh, to helping me fully understand uh, what we're about to talk about. I understood a lot of this, I just wasn't able to articulate it in a way to put the pieces together together till after reading his book, the ten T- the ten keys of Bible study, mm. which I absolutely one hundred percent. Uh, would say, get yourself absolutely a, a, a copy of the Ten Keys of Bible Study by Pastor Mark Trotter. Um, is it is an invaluable study guide, and I am not big on using outside sources as study guides unless they are biblically mm. correct. Mm-hmm. And I can promise you that book is biblically correct. I can second okay? that. And so, uh, one of the, but one of the more important uh, uh, keys that we understand is is. Uh, the importance of study, comparing scripture with scripture so that God can define things. Yep. Okay. That's how he does it. And so what happens is if you're missing up to 64,000 words, yep. you're going to have a hard time doing that because you can't at times compare words with words because you don't have the words there because mm-hmm. either somebody took them out or somebody changed them. Yeah. Now that's a big deal. Sure. Okay. To the point that if that's not a big deal, then what Timothy said to Paul in Second Timothy, uh, just take it out. Okay, uh, because you could you can't do it. And, and and then at that point, what 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 Paul said to the Corinthians in First Corinthians two, take it out because you can't do it with any modern Bible translations. Mm-hmm. Because when you start taking words out, how are you going to compare scripture with scripture? You can't. You don't have all the words to do do it with. That's right. Okay. What I'm contending is I don't have to pull out 1 Corinthians 2 out of my Bible. I don't have to pull out 2 Timothy 2.15 in my Bible Mm -hmm. because I can do exact, I can do what those verses are telling me to do. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't have to change what they're saying because I can do those things. Now, listen, it's almost like, it's almost like the new translators knew they couldn't do it. And look what they did to 2 Timothy 2.15.
0: Do you want to go to that oh, one next? Yeah. yeah, Let's go
1: there. <laughs> I, I, We're I on would, it. I had let's something else, there. but we'll get to we'll, that. We'll go to that one next, man. Yeah, sure. Because Let me, uh, it's almost it like it's almost like they knew they couldn't do it, and so therefore, what they tell you to do in Second Timothy two fifteen. What are you going to pull it up in?
0: Um, I'll pull. I'll pull several ESV. of them up. Let's do ESV. Second Timothy two fifteen. It takes me a second to get to it. And folks. If you're, if
1: you're, if you're listening, I encourage you to, 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 to yeah. swing to these verses with us so you can see them for
0: yourself. Um, which one did you want? Second Timothy two fifteen. In which version? Uh, ESV. The e- English standard version says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Okay. In NIV, it says, do your best to present yourself as well.
1: All right. So do your best to present yourself worthy of handling God's word. NLT says, work hard. Work hard. Okay. <laughs> so, so here's the thing, right? So if I have an NIV, uh, then, then I just got to do my best. Listen, I know I'm not going to have all my words. I, I, so I'm going to have to sometimes try to figure it out for myself or whatever. But hey, just do your best because mm-hmm. God's going to approve you if you do that. Okay, Fine. If you like that, if you're okay with that, go for it. But here's the problem with that. It puts you as the authority to exactly. figure it out. Okay? Because you're yes. just doing your best to try to figure out what God actually meant. Now you got to weigh out. Yep. I tried. I did I, my best. I, I, gave my, I gave it my best. If shot. the old college tried. I, I, got, it, I got it wrong. But, <laughs> but I tried. I gave, but I tried. That's so all I'm going to do. So that's all that matters. So do your best. God's going to honor I did my the best. fact that I got it wrong. There you go. Okay, i got a question. Do you think God's going to honor the fact that the, 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 the Muslims got it wrong?
0: Yeah. No.
1: I mean, if you think they got it wrong, do you think, God, I mean, they're doing their best. I mean, some of them have gone to to the point of radical Islam where, where they're literally killing themselves for it. Do you think God's going to honor them because they did their best? Uh, no, I don't think God wants us to do our best. I think what God's looking for us to do is let him show him, show us his best and do what he's told us to do to figure out what the best is Mm -hmm. and and what the truth is. Okay, so now let me read to you what the King James Bible says. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the
0: word of truth. Because the only way you can rightly divide it is if you study, not do your best. Yeah. And and so
1: now what happens is, okay, first of all, study requires work.
0: And it is a command.
1: And if you don't study, what's going to happen is you are not going to be approved by God. And you that will, sounds like a big deal. That this is this, a big deal. It does not say, uh, okay, it's not saying do your best and you'll be approved by God. No, no. Study to show thyself approved. Okay. And and if you're sitting there going, oh, well, come on, you're kind of, cr-. well, but the final portion of this verse now matters. Mm-hmm. The only way you can rightly divide the word of truth is by study, which now means that if you are not rightly dividing the word of truth, you can wrongly divide it.
0: And be ashamed.
1: And if you're wrongly dividing it, is that a problem?
0: That, with God, if, it you
1: don't, if you don't know who scriptures is written to, listen, the Bible clearly in 1 Corinthians 10 32 tells us that the Bible is written to the Jew, to the church. And to the Gentile, if you can't go into scripture and know who is in context on a particular uh, uh, portion of scripture and you now make it you instead of who it was actually written to in its doctrinal sense, are you rightly dividing the word of truth? No. Are you approved? No, you are not. And now let me just, now let me just suggest, this is why we have issues with things like Calvinism today. The ESV Bible is the Calvinistic Bible. They have changed all these things, okay? They don't understand how to rightly divide their Bible. And not only do they not know how to understand, do they not understand how to rightly divide their Bible, the other issue that they now have is because they cannot understand certain things because they don't have all the words to help them understand it, because they can't, you wanna know what they do? They start inserting things like the covenant of grace, which Mm -hmm. is not in the Bible Mm -hmm. anywhere. Or what you know, it's just this is what will happen. It's and mm-hmm. in, it's inevitable. <laughs> you start changing it, then doctrinal
0: it. issues start to to and did, show themselves. Now, did
1: God do that? No. no, man did that. Okay, no. What we're gonna stick with, what we're gonna what we're gonna hang on, is study to show thyself worthy. Okay, rightly divide the word of truth know who it's written to, put it in context, compare scripture with scripture, let God tell you what that means. Mm-hmm. And, and then at the end of the day, you don't, ha- there is no mistakes. Mm-hmm. Just
0: what does it say? And listen, I don't know about you, but for me, that, that brings me comfort because I don't have to be the one to be the authority. I could just let God do it and be like, oh, well, there you go. It's easier now. If you, if you want to make something easier, it's how about we way, just let God just say what he's saying and there easier. you go. I don't have to try and figure it out. He'll so, define it himself.
1: So, so, so let's just give a quick example of this. Revelation chapter 7. Okay. Okay. Uh, and, and although I don't know that a lot of Bible translations will, will uh, change what it's actually saying in Revelation 7, but what it actually means they'll change. Okay. okay. And what I mean by that is, is it's talking about the, the 12 tribes of Israel being the 144,000. Okay, listen. Okay, let's just keep this simple. What does it say?
0: Yeah. What?
1: Mr. Jehovah Witness, what does it say? Mormon, what does it say? You know, Mm -hmm. it says, and it starts listing from each tribe of Israel, Mm 12,000. 12 times 12, 144,000. What does it say? Mm -hmm. So therefore I'm going to have to make the assumption (laughs) if I'm studying to show myself worthy and approved unto God, rightly dividing he's writing that to Jews. It's the Jews who are the 144,000. And by the way, by the way that's happening during the seven year tribulation. Mm -hmm. Who's not there? The church is not there. Okay. So Oh, but that's just your interpretation. No, it's not my interpretation. That's what it says. Yeah. It's your interpretation by saying that it's something different. Mm-hmm. It's not my interpretation. That's what it says.
0: It's it's mind boggling to me that those who who use that statement, and it's been used many a time with me, that's just your interpretation, are it's being used by those who are actually using, uh, interpreting, or private interpreting. I'm the one who's reading what it says, but I'm interpreting it when you're the one who's making it something it doesn't say, and actually are the one who's interpreting it. (laughs) You're throwing at me what you should be looking in the mirror and saying to yourself, essentially. Um, And that's the problem. I mean, the 144,000 are male Jewish versions. That's clear in the Bible, it's what it says. How do you make yourself something that and you've said it in the past, we've said it many a times, and we can't all agree with what the Bible means, but we can all agree with what the Bible says. If at the end of the day we read it and this is what it says, that's it. But the only the only way
1: that... But the, partic- only way that. But the only way
0: you can do that. <laughs> but the only
1: way you can do that is if you have a final authority. <laughs> if you have one. you don't have a final well, authority, then you can't even do that. That's, that's right, well, true. What's the next verse you want to have?
0: Uh, okay, well, where was I going to go? You had me go someplace else. I think it was Matthew uh, 9.13 that I wanted to look at, so I got to cue that up. Uh, but listen, those are those are uh, those are good verses that they that the people are trying to change. There nine thirteen. It's easy for me to cue it up in the King James Bible. Oh,
1: Matthew nine thirteen?
0: Yeah. All right, let me hop over there with you. Okay, and you may have to read the King James first because it would take me a minute to get right. to it.
1: Matthew nine thirteen says this: "But go ye and learn what the what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice." For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Mm -hmm. That is the King James Bible, Matthew 9, 13.
0: Okay. And the NIV says, but go and learn what what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Sinners to what? Yeah. So there's something that's left out there, a very, and here again, words have meanings, a very key word. And it's a big thing that's going on in the church today. Oh, we yeah. have removed repentance. Repentance is left out. Repentance is not a big deal in a lot of
1: churches today. Mm-hmm. So so here we go. So we've removed repentance. We've removed, uh, 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 what was the other word we removed? Oh, blood.
0: Blood was okay. removed.
1: Uh, you know, one of the things that's going on in many of our seminaries today is they don't believe in a literal hell. Mm. Well, let me tell you why they don't believe in a literal hell. Because in a lot of our modern translations, we're we're literally removing the word hell.
0: Apparently in the New King James, it's removed many times there. So
1: start removing words, and then you'll wonder why we're not teaching these things anymore. And they've been removed from the Christian faith.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, Well, when you remove them, you're changed First of all, people don't know what they are anymore. And then when they do hear it, they don't know what it means. Because it's, oh, I never... I didn't see that before, you know. That's what happens. And and again, so we talked about the blood. Uh, we talked about I think we talked about uh, redemption was removed at one we were talking about um repentance. Re- re- repentance now is is a is a key one because again, this this particular word knowing what it means uh, has soteriological implications. In other words, it has to do with your salvation. Again, like we've talked about, if you change God to he, you're changing who Jesus is and that has to do with your salvation. But 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, for godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. It, repentance is a key important part of salvation. salvation. So when you remove it and saying that Jesus just came for sinners, it's to repent to repentance, that that's a key, a pivotal word. It, it means a change of mind. You're turning from that sin and turning to Christ. If the, if that's left out, then there can be no godly sorrow, which worketh repentance unto salvation. Repentance unto mm-hmm. salvation. Mm-hmm. It's a key factor that's a, a part of that. So to take that out uh, changes how one person gets saved, just saying that Jesus how died about, for how sinners. About, let's go
1: here. How about Titus
0: 1-2? Okay, what you got? This is...
1: So I got a question for you, Chris, while you're doing that. I'll get Do it. you believe that God can sin? No,
0: absolutely not. Okay, so you he can't lie either. Okay.
1: Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So go ahead and tell me uh, what your
0: uh, translation, whatever one you want to pick here, in Titus 1-2 says. Titus 1-2 in the New International Version says, in the hope of eternal life, which God, who does, does not lie, promised before the beginning of time who does not lie.
1: Who does not lie. He doesn't lie, mm-hmm. which means he could, if he wanted to. Okay. Right? If if, if, oh. if, if if you were to talk to me and you were to say, hey, does, does your son lie? I'd be like, no, he doesn't lie. Could he? Well, okay. he could, okay. he just doesn't. I see where you're going with this. Okay, now that, that, that sounds trivial, Right. I see where you're going with this now. <laughs> but I do know what the King James Bible says. Mm-hmm. Okay. The the King James Bible makes it a little more uh, point blank in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie. Mm-hmm. Not he, that
0: he doesn't. It's not that he doesn't. He cannot. He cannot. Wait a minute. You mean God's limited? <laughs> he can't lie. He will, he will not. He because cannot. Because
1: sin is a very big deal. Right. Lying is sin. Mm-hmm. It's not that he does not. It's he cannot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and again... Is that important? Well, that's up to you to decide. I, See how I, subtle it is, though? I happen to believe it is. How about this? I want to go here. How about Romans 14? Okay. Okay, because most people do not understand that they're headed to a judgment.
0: Uh, yes.
1: Okay. And not only do they don't understand that they're headed to a judgment, they don't understand what's going to happen at the judgment that they're headed to. Right.
0: This, I believe okay. I know where you're going with this as And well. so
1: this one's, this one's an important one, because if you get this wrong- Verse. Uh, Romans 14, verse uh, 10 through 12. If you get this wrong, I'm going to tell you where it leads you to. And this is what most people are going to say. If you're listening right now and you don't know the differences between the judgments in the Bible, and if you don't know what judgment you're going to. Now, if I say that and I said, okay, uh, mankind's going to get judged. What judgment are we going to? This is what I will get 99% of the time. If they don't know, which judgment we're going to and they don't understand what we're saying right now. They just think we're going to the great white throne judgment. Mm.
0: I've heard that before. Oh yeah. Like I said, 99%
1: of the time, that's what I hear. Yeah. Okay. This is why they think that. Okay. Okay. This is why read me Romans 14, 10
0: Romans 14, 10 in the new international version says you then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt for we will all stand before God's judgment seat.
1: We will all stand before God's judgment seat. So therefore now, what what inevitably we'll do, because we don't really understand, we're going to a judgment to begin with, but when we find out that we are going to stand before God's judgment seat, we think we're going to the great white throne judgment. Okay, let me just help you with something, folks. If you're going to the great white throne judgment, good luck. It's too late. It's not going to end well for you. That is where you're getting cast into the devil's hell. Like a fire. Yes. No. No. That's that's not the correct judgment. And if you think that's the correct judgment, you're going to completely miss what the Christian life's all about. True. <laughs> you just really are. You say, what? What are you talking about? No. You see, because the Christian life is all about being a steward over something and that we are going to take the, the what we are steward over, okay, and those works are are going to get cast into a fire and they're either going to turn into crowns that we can cast before the throne or, or they're going to turn loss. in or we're going to suffer loss. Mm-hmm. That's first Corinthians okay. chapter three. Right. So, so okay, then which judgment are we going to and what, what, what brings us to the right judgment? Well, now let's read the KJ King James Bible version, but why dost thou judge thy brother or why does thou set it not thy brother for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ.
0: You know, wait different. A God is
1: Christ. You're right, but there are three separate judgments. Mm-hmm. The great white throne judgment is separate and different from the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ is for Christians. The great white throne judgment is not. That's right. And you need to know that. Mm. You need to understand that. You need to understand what is at stake when we stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ. And you won't understand that or be able to p- connect those dots because... When you see the judgment of God, you're going to go to Revelation 20. Mm. And if you're even trying to compare Scripture to Scripture, it's naturally going to bring you to Revelation 20, because that's going to make the most sense. However, it's the
0: wrong judgment. Absolutely. So these <laughs> things matter. And listen, folks, there's verse after verse after verse after verse like this in, in these different versions. Um, we're not going to be able to cover a, a lot of them. Uh, I had some more here, but given our stance on time here, what I'd like to do now is uh, kind of turn this over to pastor who wants to delve into a particular verse and the importance of why this particular verse being changed um, has massive significance. And I think it's a good way to tie up the rest of uh, this podcast and uh, conclude our, our study in, in manuscript evidence. Um, this is a big one, y'all. So if you haven't heard anything up to this point... <laughs> Uh, start turning your ears on and tuning into this one and I believe you're going to go to uh, the book of Isaiah in chapter 14 particularly focusing on verse 12. and we're going to spend the rest of our time here so uh go ahead and take it away brother
1: all right and I'm going to need you to okay you know give me the NIV we'll say uh, well, doesn't get matter there. doesn't matter which one you get it's all going to work out the same <laughs> okay so in Isaiah 14 verse 12 okay in the King James Bible and by the way, you need a King James Bible to get the name Lucifer. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. That's why this matters. Um, okay. But it says, How art thou fallen fallen from heaven? O Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north, and I will. Uh, ascend above the heights of cloud. I will be like the Most High. So, here's the here's the the, 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 the skinny of it. Okay. In in the King James Bible, um, we 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 number one find out the name uh, of of the the fallen cherubim of Ezekiel twenty eight. We found out we find out his name was originally Lucifer, mm-hmm. which uh, means Son of the Morning. Okay. Uh, hence the reason why you see that in the King James Bible in Isaiah chapter fourteen verse twelve. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, now notice that um, those five "I will" statements are not positive; <laughs> they are negative. Uh, Lucifer was trying to trump God. He mm-hmm. was coming up against God. Uh, uh, these are these are these are the reasons why he has fallen from heaven. Okay, this is all. This is why God and and Satan whose name now is uh, whose Lucifer's name gets changed to adversary mm-hmm. why they are adversaries they've been adversaries ever since this fall okay genesis
0: 3:15 right. comes to mind
1: yes so he's now uh, Satan. He's the serpent. He's uh, the Leviathan. devil. The devil. He's Leviathan. Mm, okay. All it. these names. That, but but his original name before his fall was Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, very important to note that. Now, what I want you to do, Chris, I want you to read that same verse in the and uh, and NIV. Yeah. That uh, you
0: got? Yeah. There's several of them. They're pretty much all the same. Uh, The New International Version, or NIV, says this in Isaiah 14 and And, verse 12. And
1: what I want you to notice, particular name missing, and remember, the King James Bible
0: says, Son of the Morning. Mm -hmm. Those are the two things I want you to pay attention to when he reads the NIV. All All right. right. I'll take it slow here. How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. Okay,
1: so obviously uh, we see as we read our NIV uh, that uh, the name Lucifer has been removed. We, we don't have his name, we, we no longer have his name. The second thing we see is that he's not called the Son of the Morning. He's called what? The Morning Star. The Morning Star. Okay, so you say, well, I mean, isn't that kind of the same thing? Nope. Whoa, hold on a minute now. Okay. Now let's, let's prove the NIV against itself. Okay. <laughs> now, if we are going to invoke first Corinthians chapter two, if we are going to invoke second Timothy two 15,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where we need to do our best, uh, or, or, or whatever first Corinthians <laughs> two says in NIV, but study to show ourselves worthy and compare scripture with scripture. If we're trying to figure out, okay, well, that's interesting. Um, this, 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 Who is this person that has fallen from heaven? Well, the person that fell from heaven that becomes an adversary against God is this person called the morning star. Huh. Okay. Well, where else in the Bible do we come up with that word morning star? In well, Revelation? Let's go to Revelation chapter 20. Okay. And, and and now watch which verse. What the NIV says. We're gonna we're gonna let the NIV just bury itself. Which verse? Read verse Revelation twenty two. Twenty verse two. Twenty two. Oh twenty two. I'm sorry, did I say twenty? My apologies. You, yeah, My sorry. apologies. Revelation twenty two, verse number sixteen. You gotta give me a second.
0: Okay. The NIV in Revelation 22. Now I'm going to cut
1: you off a couple of times while you're reading it. Okay.
0: Just so you know. It says, I, Jesus. Okay. So right off the bat, who's talking? Uh, Jesus. Jesus. I, Jesus. Okay. Have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. Now, now watch who he says he is. And the bright morning star. Hmm. Oh.
1: Well, wait a minute. I thought Lucifer was the Morning Star.
0: Got a problem. Which
1: one is it? Well, first of all, we don't even know that it was Lucifer over in Revelation. Yeah, there's no name even given. So now, well, now what we have to conclude this one is that the person heaven. over in Isaiah 14 that fell from heaven
0: is Jesus. Whoa, I got a problem with that. I, I have a serious <laughs> problem with that. Just saying.
1: To the point where I'm taking that NIV Bible, I'm going to throw it in the trash right now, and I'm going to cast a lighter in there and burn it. Yeah. Because no, 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 no. The morning star is not Lucifer. He is the son of the morning. Mm. The morning star is our Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ. This is big. It's very big. And, and I can't emphasize how big that is. God would not, could not even dream of messing that up. However, it is clearly, clearly messed up. Now, listen, if you're okay with that, have at it. Do what you got to do. I'm not. <laughs> I'm trying to stand for the pillar and ground of truth. I'm trying to stand up for what I believe is the authority. That NIV cannot be the authority when it makes Lucifer and Jesus the same person. And by the way, it's stuff like this is why the Mormons believe Jesus and Lucifer are brothers. They're brothers, yeah. This is where did this come from? Well, that's where it came from. Okay, you start messing stuff up. This is what happens. This is what happens. is isn't it interesting that the Mormon religion started right around the time. <laughs> All this started to take place with translations. Mm. Isn't it interesting that the Seventh Day Adventists started right around the time that all of these new Bible translations started to Jehovah's get, get the move? Yeah. Jehovah Witnesses was was a little bit further after, but fairly soon after, in the in the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Okay, the 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 the, the, Jeho- uh, the, the Seventh Day Adventists and the um, the Mormons were in the 18 1850s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and that era. That's when this all started. That's when mm-hmm. West Carrot and Hart started all this yeah. mess. Yeah. And now all of a sudden people aren't looking at scripture the same way mm-hmm. they're, they're looking at different translations and they're not seeing the same thing anymore. Mm-hmm. And now what's happening? Jesus and and uh, 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 Lucifer are brothers. The I don't know. They're both the morning star, I guess. I don't know. I don't know who the morning star is anymore. I don't know if it's Lucifer or if it's Jesus. I don't know who it is. Uh, we obviously don't have to worry about the blood. The redemption is no longer important. Hell's being removed. We obviously don't have to worry about repentance. We obviously don't, I mean, Jesus isn't really God, is he? I mean, <laughs> I mean, we can question that now. Yeah. He's not the word. I mean, the Trinity, First John 5, 7 is kind of yeah. removed. Yep,
0: that's gone you, you, too, yeah.
1: You, you just need to go down into the water and be baptized i mean don't let's just completely remove the fact that you have to believe in the lord jesus christ that's what he's talking about that's what led to the baptism Mm -hmm. in the first place Mm -hmm. you start entering in all these things into the Mm -hmm. equation and you may not think it's important i think it is
0: and and when you're reading these other versions that we we left off with isaiah so uh you, you don't even know who your adversary is anymore in those that in those versions because he's not named and he's confused along with Jesus. And remember now, because Lucifer, when he was that anointed cherub, he was shining forth the glory of God. He was beautiful and arrayed with all these precious stones, and he got puffed up in his pride, and that's what caused him to fall. But you don't read, you can't. He tries to conceal himself when God says, yeah, I'm not going to allow that, I'm going to reveal him. But you're not going to get that in an NIV You can't, NASB. You can't you cannot, reveal him can't reveal for who
1: him, he really is. Which is Job what he 41. wants. Exactly. 41. Right. You can't reveal him for who he really is if you don't have the King James
0: Bible. And that's why in Second Corinthians chapter 11, verses 14 and 15 it says and no marvel for satan himself is transformed into an angel of light he is not he gave up his position as that anointed cherub who's he's, shining forth the light he's, he's trying to transforming himself into, into the that. star yes and he says therefore it is no great thing that his ministers also be transformed as a ministers of righteousness. so he's so now that he's got his bibles because he knows the word of god very well he knows how to twist it he's removed himself from being revealed in those new translations he's taken out the power that leads to salvation through blood and redemption and all of those things so now when you read these other versions you're going to miss who he is you can't see who he is he's disguised himself as that angel of light that he wants you to believe that he is and now you've got this perverse corrupted book that you cannot understand who god really is and you can't understand who satan really is now it's been this is what he now you know why this is so significant and so important that what you have in front of you what you're reading matters okay because this is what happens you're not going to recognize your adversary and you're not going to know who your savior really is and your salvation is up in the air at best
1: what so, you hear a lot of christians say oh
0: lot of quote unquote he, christians you can never really know <laughs> this well, is why you get those things i read
1: first john five that tells me that i can really know
0: Yep. I can really know. What is that? I think that's a doorbell. Oh, okay, cool. All right. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. Doorbell. Uh, so this is uh, clearly uh, Actually it wasn't even the doorbell, no, it was to let us
1: know that our time, our is, time is up. Our time is actually
0: up. <laughs> Look, y'all, we can we can delve into this for a long period of time. And uh, I think where we we're leaving off here is pretty significant that you can see how vast these changes in these new versions really are. And again, listen, if you're reading from one of these other versions, we are not condemning you. We actually love you, and we actually are trying to help you to see just what, why it's important that you know what you have in front of you. Um, it does matter, because these the doctrines are changed. You're not going to know what salvation really is, and you're not going to know who Satan really is. And uh, that's what Satan wants. He wants to he wants to deceive you. That's what his job is to do. And he, he's not going to do it uh, with sinners out in the sinful world. That's easy. They're in their sin. He's going to do it by masking himself as religion and religious. Remember, he gives gifts too. Don't mistake that. Uh, we can't try the spirits if, and find out if they're of God. And First John 4 1 says, if we're going to have a book that, that it's got it all missing, mm-hmm. it's going to be impossible to do that. So it really does matter. Um, so, you know, where you come out on this is, is, is up to you, but hopefully as you've listened to this series of messages on manuscript evidence and why the King James Bible and the different translations, I hope at least, I hope at least, as I've said before, that it sparks your interest sure. in, in trying to dig into it a little bit more and study it out. So, uh, you know, I hope that's what you've gotten out of these messages. And, um, uh, you know, we, we, <laughs> that's all we're really trying to do here is, is provide, uh, you know, a means of you getting getting you to think about these things. So that uh, will tie up our series on manuscript evidence and Bible translations for now anyways, um, and we look forward to uh, digging into some uh, other uh, important topics and discussions as we usually do here, and uh, we hope that you'll continue to join us, but until then, uh, have, God bless. Thank you for listening to The Revealing, a podcast ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Senior Pastor Frank Salvaggio Associate Pastor Robert Ingle. For more information about One Baptist Jacks, please go to our website onebaptistjacks.world or email us info at onebaptistjacks.world